Everything was going so good. Everything was going so good. It's been so long since I've done that. It's been so long. Ah, um, hello. How are ya? How is everybody? I'm sorry about the res on that video. That's as good as I can get it. It's a really good video though, isn't it? Um, I'm super excited. We're raising money for the Amazon Conservation Association today because that's an organization that Cassandra does some of her work through. Welcome to episode 35 of the Conservation Cast. Hooray! How are you guys? Yo. <laughs> good. Eh. Good. Good. Eh. Okay. Cool. Well, today's going to be a good time. We're talking to Cassandra Ford today. Um, she is a PhD candidate at the University of Louisiana. She's studying electric fish. Specifically, the dono bar is missing. Okay. Um, <laughs> specifically, her, her dissertation is focused on the convergent evolution of craniofacial morphologies in electric fishes from South America and Africa. Dono bar. Holy Crap, Han with $77.77 to start us off. Han, thank you so much. Um, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also, Kate, Fub, thank you for the subs. Botox with $100. What's up? I love electric fish. Botox. Every week, Botox. Hearts in chat for Han and Botox. They both donated so many times. Thank you guys so much. Um, okay, so her dissertation is focused on the convergent evolution of craniofacial morphologies in electric fishes. Okay, we're going to talk to her about what that means. We're going to talk to her about what it means to be an electric fish. Um, we're going to meet, we're going to talk to her about how all that works. I know you guys are all probably super interested in it because I definitely am. We, if you were there on my stream the other day, we watched that video that like briefly, briefly talked about him. Um, but Moinmeister, thank you for the $20. And Roshton with $23.33 because he likes even numbers. Thank you so much. Um, so the other reason that I've, that I've selected and reached out to Cassandra to be a guest today is because um, I took notice of her platforms originally during Black Birders Week, which I'm not sure if you guys saw, um, but I think he meant no sense, guys. Um, Voyage, thank you for the $5. Voyage with $10, actually, I think. I got two, two alerts. Um, it's a bug. Never mind. Is it? I don't think that's a bug. Han with another $77 and 77 cents. Because he likes odd numbers. Okay. Jeez. Loco with the gifted sub, the F, the Raven with the three months. Thank you so much. Uh, Zach with the 14 months, yo. Okay. So what I was saying, one of the other reasons that I reached out to her to be on the podcast is because I originally took notice of her during Black Birders Week. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw that on Twitter or socials or whatever. SMK with $20. Um, essentially what Blackbirders Week was, it was, it was a, um, it was, it was a movement on social media and it was, it was organized to highlight the, um, 
highlight the work that uh, people of color do in um, biology, science, birding, the people that are naturalists, anybody who loves the natural world, natural world, um, but people that are often unseen and overlooked um, in environmentalism and in conservation. So she did a podcast. She did a really great job on a podcast there, and then she was vocal on her on her platforms about how important um, how important that is. So hopefully we'll get to have a conversation today. Sweaty tripod with the fifteen. Thank you so much. Noisy with ten months. Hopefully we'll have a conversation today about um, representation in science, in biology, in conservation, um, and inclusivity, and how important that is. Uh, in light of everything that's been going on, I've been really enjoying including bits of this conversation into the podcast. It's been really, really good. Conditioner with $5.348.87. That's amazing. Thank you guys so much. So fast. Um, like I said, so so your donations today are going to the Amazon Conservation Association. Their mission is to unite science, innovation, and people to protect the Western Amazon, the greatest wild forest on Earth. So we watched that. Harry, thank you for the tier one. We watched that uh, that video for the intro video about the work that they do. They empower researchers. Again, Cassandra has done uh, quite a bit of her research through the organization. They also help to empower local people, which is something that is unfortunately overlooked, but so, so important for conservation. Um, so it's really great that they do that. But we'll talk to Cassandra more about um, more about why this organization is important to her um, and why she chose it. So that's where your donations are going. There will be a quiz at the end of the podcast. Uh, you guys already know. Uh, five questions, 20 seconds a question. If you win the quiz and how you do that is you get the most questions right the fastest, um, then if you're not a sub to my channel, I will gift you a sub to my channel. If you are a sub, you can either get gifted a sub to a channel of your choice, or you can ask me to donate an additional $5 to... Uh, Amazon Conservation Association. Um, conch with $22. Nerd fate. I like real numbers. Thank you for the 22. Lots of donations coming in. Holy crap. Quakes with $10. Cine with $6.13 to round out the cents, except it didn't work. Sorry, Cine. Um, <laughs> who else we got? Four, seven, with a five dollars, and exploded stuff with three dollars, three hundred and ninety-five, wait, three hundred and ninety-five dollars and sixty-three cents. Um, thank you. Okay, so the quiz. If you win, if you're not a sub to my channel, I will gift you a sub to my channel. If you are a sub, I will gift you a sub to a channel of your choice, or I can donate another $5. That'll be at the end of the podcast. All the quiz questions will be based on of our based on our conversation during the podcast. It's not like a trick. It's just for fun. And it's just, you know, if you're hanging out the whole podcast, it's, it's a good time. Other things for you guys to know. You can do hashtag ask if you have a question for, for Cassandra that you'd like me to ask her during the podcast. Um about about what we're talking about. So you can join in on the conversation that way. Um, Cine, $4.37. Fixing it. 400 Yay. <laughs> nice. Um, spoon. Spoon. Spoon, thank you for the 50. 
Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, if you do, if you do hashtag ask, there will be questions. Josh Williams with 4380. Huge donos. What the heck? And Daichi with 50. Daichi, thank you for all of your donations over the podcast. Um, $543.80. This is awesome. Okay. Um, I will unfortunately not be able to get to all of your questions, probably. I never do because there are so many good ones, but I have that, uh, that doc open the entire podcast and I, I use, um, I use a lot of the questions during the podcast. So if you have a question about Electric Fish, about her background, if you have a question about whatever, um, hashtag ask. And I think that that's it. I don't think I'm missing anything. Um, so I'm going to put on the intro screen for a second. Got a couple things sorted, and then I will call her. Sound good? Are we good to go? All right. <laughs> okay, I'll see you guys in a second. so fast okay <laughs> hang on one second let me get set up here guys how is the volume well that's not it here how's the volume everything look good good sound good yeah cool um i can't see you yeah so you you won't be able to see me but okay. you'll you'll hear me they can see us both like like you could on a test call earlier okay Okay. Kaki, thank you for the four months. Um, hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming on today. We're very excited. I just did an intro, talked about um, Amazon conservation a little bit, and then talked about your background a little bit. Uh, we're already at $543.80. Wow. Thanks <laughs> for oh, Amazon God. conservation. So if you, could, if you could introduce yourself and then maybe tell us a little bit about the organization so they know where their donations are going to better, that would be amazing. Sure. Um, so I'm Cassandra Ford. I am a graduate student at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, um, and I study electric fish. So there are a few different groups um, that I'm studying. One is from South America and the other is from Africa. Uh, but I decided to, I guess, put my donations for this podcast towards the Amazon Conservation Association. Um, it's got an awesome rating, you know, under all of those charity handbooks and everything like mm -hmm. that. Um, they really dedicate themselves to promoting uh, conservation within the Amazon rainforest and all the areas surrounding it. 
they're trying to protect the um, environment, trying to prevent deforestation. But the main thing that they do is really try to work with the local communities to try to not just, you know, have people from other countries come in and try to do the work, but really have the people who live there do the work to try to protect their environment and their local habitat. That's awesome. That's so important. That's I, I mentioned that in the beginning is that's something that a lot of organizations miss out on that's so unfortunate is is empowering local people. So that's yeah. great. Um, but $543, you guys, thank you that's so amazing. much. Um, wow. Yeah, it's going super, super fast. Um, okay, also, there are so many questions <laughs> that have already <laughs> that have already come through um, on this okay. doc. Uh, people are so interested in in electric fish and how they work. Um, <laughs> can you tell us? I don't even know where to start. So you study you study weekly electric fish. Yes. Can you maybe start with um, the difference between between the two? Sure. Okay. So first off, most people have probably heard of at least one of the electric fish um, that are in these two groups. Okay. The electric eel yes. is um, pretty commonly known. People have at least heard of it in a lot of instances. Um, that is the strongest electric fish out there. So it's the one that can kind of generate the highest amount of electric discharge. Okay. And it's actually so strong that it can shock a human. Um, I mean, it's shocked horses historically. I mean, it, it can pack a punch mm-hmm. pretty much. So that would be like a strongly electric fish. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the fish in both of these groups are what you said. They're called weekly electric fish. So they do produce an electric discharge, but it's not strong enough for you to feel it at all. Okay. You could stick your hand in the tank, pick one up, and you wouldn't feel a thing. It would feel like a normal fish. Okay. And so it's at this like smaller level of an electric discharge that they actually use it for communication and for identifying and like seeing things around them. That's so cool. Yeah, so yeah. so one of the questions, so Guy asked, do you have to handle them with gloves? Is it possible to touch them with bare hands? So the answer for the ones that you study is bare hands are okay. Yeah. But for yeah. an electric eel, you wouldn't just stick your hands in there. People have. Okay. Uh, but I personally would not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not about that life. Uh, I think it, people have um, compared it to like, I don't know, sticking a fork in a socket or like touching an electric fence. I don't really feel like doing that by choice. That's pretty severe. That's like (laughs) a lot. Wow. And electric eel, do they use it for hunting? But okay. Um, They also use it for defense. Wow. So like something is trying to come eat them. Okay. Big donations here. Botox tipped another $100 um, and said, why don't eagles and eels breed? Because it's eel eagle. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> that was really nice. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Bernie tips sixty six dollars. Um, said, do electric fish pose a threat to domestic rivers and lakes, or could they, if introduced to NA waterways? I think he's mm-hmm. referring to like human animal conflict. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not really. Um, they're not really under. First of all, they're not under conservation concerns. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, their numbers have not been found to be like decreasing or at a dangerous level. Yeah, you don't um, get to hear that that often on this podcast. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> Actually, for like most of these fish, they, part of it, I'm a little like iffy to say it just because, I mean, we don't know a lot. The Amazon is huge. Mm-hmm. It's very muddy and turbid. And so you can't really see very much. 
and there's really only like so much fishing for these fish that's done. Mm -hmm. So part of it could just be that we don't have enough information, but everyone that I've talked to who studies this fish, who goes down and collects them, we've never had a problem finding them. I see. So, oh, he meant um, as in, could it be an invasive species, I guess is what he was asking. As far as I know, it's not. I mean, if somebody was crazy enough, they probably could introduce it somewhere, but I highly recommend not doing that. Um, right. And I don't think it's really been done. So as far as I know, there haven't been any established, introduced okay. population. Cool. Bernie, thank you for the question. Um, how long How long have you been studying electrofish? And how did you, how'd you get into it? It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so I've been studying it since the start of my PhD. So I'm finishing year four right now in my Congratulations. program. Congratulations. That's big. <laughs> thank you. Getting closer, getting closer to that doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but I actually studied zebrafish mm -hmm. um, when I was an undergrad. I worked in a neuroscience lab, um, and I really wanted to study fish in grad school. Um, thought that that was kind of the direction that I wanted to go. So I was pretty much just looking at all fish labs that I could find. Um, mm -hmm. I got an email from the university that I'm at right now. They actually contacted me because of some of my test scores oh. and asked if I would be interested in applying for the grad school here. That's and so, so cool. I looked at the website, yeah, I found um, Dr. James Albert, who's my advisor, and um, under his little description, it's like studies evolution of electric fish. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, electric fish, that sounds <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, so started looking into it, contacted him, and the rest is history. That's so cool. I've never heard of that. I didn't know that they even contacted people because of that. That's so cool. They're smart That's cookie. That's how it worked out. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so there are a lot of uh, a lot of questions that are iterations of how strong can the shock be? How dangerous is it? How much does it hurt? So you, you made the comparison of like a, what was it? Like a fork and a... <laughs> Yeah, working an outlet or something like that. It's not okay. pleasant. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't do it on purpose. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of you ask questions similar to that. So like, the uh, is stretchy. Um, and then also questions of, hello, my friends ask, can electric eels shock themselves or other eels? Uh, they cannot shock themselves, but they can shock other eels. Yeah. They you can you that's can talk so, anything. So. That's so yeah. strange <laughs> to think about. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so what does your what does your research look like? Do you travel a lot for it or not right now? So but... not right now. Obviously right. not right now. Yeah. Um, but yes and no. So uh, when you're studying things that are in a different country, um, a lot of what you do is very kind of spread out field collection trips. So I've actually only been to the Amazon once. Um, I went pretty early in my graduate career and we did a collection trip. So I went down there for about 10 days, went on the Amazon, many days of those 10 days, um, put the nets down, collected the fish, and then we would bring them back to the States. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you're done with the collection, that's when my research really begins. So I am looking at as you said, I think you said it um, in the intro, I was actually listening in. Um, so convergent evolution of craniofacial morphology. What, you said it so much quicker than I did. That's <laughs> perfect. 
I'm used to saying it. You're not. <laughs> um, so pretty much what I'm doing is looking at skull shape yes. in these okay. two groups of fish. So there are multiple species in each group. And I'm trying to see how similar the skulls are between the two different groups. Okay. So pretty much trying to quantify, have they kind of done the same thing? Like, are they getting to the same shape in evolution? Are they using it for the same purposes? Um, and really trying to use quantitative methods to get at answering that question instead of just looking at the outside of the fish and being like, look pretty similar. Right. All right, sounds good. Right. You want to actually do like science and math yeah and you know study it a little further than just that kind of an analysis so do you guys know what convergent evolution means i think we've, we've probably skipped probably over that not. yeah okay. that would be great so, if you could describe yeah it. yeah okay what it boils down to is about 200 to 250 million years ago there was a species of fish that lived on a giant supercontinent so like back in that time there wasn't, you know, North America, South America, Europe, Africa, like all those weren't separated like they are today. Mm -hmm. They were actually joined. They were kind of connected. And eventually over time with volcanoes and earthquakes and mountains rising and everything, they split apart. Mm -hmm. So about 250 some million years ago, there was a species that lived on the supercontinent of South America and Africa. When the two continents split, the species were on both continents, right? Over time, those species split into more species and then more species. And that's like an evolutionary tree. So we're getting, you know, phylogenetic branches. We're getting multiple species coming from one. Uh -huh. What I'm trying to see is, are there similarities in the face, facial features of the two groups today mm -hmm. so we started with one species like up here got to two different locations and then we have gotten so many species over time right, right. i'm trying to compare those species today to see if they look very similar and if they do that's probably because they had that common ancestor up there right does that make sense it does yeah chat did that make sense to you guys we have a storm coming in <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Sounds like it's it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, yeah. Sleepy cool. tipped twenty dollars. Um tipped eight dollars. Isaiah tipped a hundred dollars. Um, and Isaiah said uh, he donated a question. Said, "Do electric fish shock each other while mating?" <laughs> um, I'm not gonna speak for electric eels because I don't know that off yeah. the top of my head but um as i said before the other ones are too weak okay. to actually really emit a shock so they definitely wouldn't um but something that's pretty cool so they can't shock each other with this electric discharge but what they can actually do is identify potential mates and potential comp like competitors for mates so um the electric signal is species specific so each species has a slightly different electric signal. That's so cool. And they can, you know, they're sensing that electric signal from all the fish that are swimming around them. So what they can do is identify, hey, that signal is the same as mine. So that wow. means it's either a mate or a competitor of the same species. That's amazing. Yeah. Scared thing um, about the three months. Um, yeah. Okay, so going back a little bit because we got a question. So you study the the skulls. 
Is the yeah. purpose of studying those things to get a better understanding for how they feed or just for... You want to talk about that a little bit? I don't know how <laughs> for me, it's pretty much how they feed. Um, so dissertations are complicated. I had, you know, like this whole big extravagant plan for what I was going to do in my like dissertation. And mm -hmm. I had all these projects that I was going to do and it was going to be great. And it would all like come together full circle. Well, things aren't always perfect <laughs> once you boil down to trying to doing it. Right. So my original plan was to study this skull shape and then compare it to actual live feeding videos. So take videos of the fish feeding and then compare does skull shape influence how these fish mm -hmm. and so is there kind of like a correlation between skull shape and feeding method mm -hmm. well i'm not able to do the live feeding studies um it, it timing it just didn't work out um yeah. and i am trying to finish eventually and i have enough cool data that i can do a pretty amazing dissertation without it mm -hmm. um in the future, I am hoping to get that data and study that so I can answer those questions. But um, yeah, for right now, my kind of focus is that function of the skull morphology. So are they using it for feeding? Are they using it for fighting? Which is a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. um, there are a bunch of different things that they could be using it for. Okay. Um, Ray tipped another $10. Riley with the three months, thank you. Um, we're $848. <laughs> it's been going up really fast. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for your donations. If you're just getting here, if, um, oh, spooky. <laughs> if you're just getting here, um, is there a, is there a storm over there? Oh no. <laughs> okay. I hope we don't lose you. Um, <laughs> they're all like, um, if you're just getting here, we're raising money today for uh, the Amazon Conservation Association. Um, we're talking. Is it Cassandra or Cassandra? I should have asked you that. It's Cassandra, but Cassandra. I'll I'm sorry, I said Cassandra earlier. Okay, we're talking to Cassandra Ford. Um, she studies electric fishes, and um, we're we're talking about that, answering all your questions. You can do hashtag Ask if you have a question. Um, speaking of questions, so many. Um, so we've talked a little bit about what, why they they use electricity boreal asked how do they generate the electricity awesome question um, oh my gosh that's <laughs> serious <laughs> it's a big storm guys yeah. okay so what it boils down to is this all living organisms produce some kind of background amount of electricity so within our bodies within our cells there are ions that have positive and negative charges right mm -hmm. kind of that's fundamentally the case mm -hmm. what these fish have done is they over time they've evolved these specialized cells that actually control where those ions are located so they can concentrate all the positive ones on one side and negative ones on the other side of the cell and by doing so, what they can do is send an electric signal down their body through this line of cells that they've lined up, positive, negative, positive, ne like that kind of thing. Whoa. And what it turns out doing is, so it'll run through the body, and then it'll go out into the water, and it wants to get back to that opposite 
sign, that opposite dipole. Um, and so a, a lot of people have like played with magnets in elementary school or middle school, and you make that little magnetic field mm-hmm. that kind of circles around the body or circles around the magnet. It's a very similar concept, but with electricity. So they have a positive and then negative, positive and then negative, and it kind of radiates from their body. And by having this electric field around their body, they can sense when something or someone, like ob- like an inanimate object or a living object, moves in or out of that electric field that's around their body. Okay. So Did that make sense? It, it did make sense, chat. Did that make sense? Um, so <laughs> about the electric field, Remy had asked, uh, are the electric fish able to concentrate an electric shock they send out, or is it just generally all around them? Electric eels can concentrate it, so they're the ones who can shock something. Um, but the rest of them, it is just concentrated around their body. Um, so it's actually like a constant thing. All of these fish are constantly producing and detecting that electric field. So they are all the time doing it, background. At this point, it doesn't actually take any extra energy for them to do it. There have been physiological studies that have looked at that. And they just kind of have evolved to do it without any real energy costs to them at all. Wow. How cool. Um, Max asked, what is your favorite electric fish? Which might be a difficult question for you to answer. I have so many. I love (laughs) all of them. Um, I'm going to go with my current favorite because I can use it as a science communication tool is Petrocephalus grandicolis. And that would be because, and I have it prepared because it's so cool. Um, I have a giant 3D printed skull of it. Whoa. Wait, that's <laughs> so cool. My <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you, can you spell it so I can show them a picture of what the fish looks like? Um, yeah. <laughs> or or the oh, common name or something? Uh, there's no common name. Really? Um, <laughs> okay. I have um, the first part down. What's okay, this? Petro, P-E-T-R-O. C-E-P-H-A-L-U-S. Yes. Petrocephalus. And then Grandicolus. So G-R-A-N-D-I-C-O-L-U-S. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Um, bomb I'm telling you over here. I'm like trying you. to type it out so I can like think of what it is. <laughs> Wait, there are no images that match this? Probably not. No. It's- oh. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I, I well, doubt it. The skull is there. So I can send you a picture if you want. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um why is that why is this one your favorite right now? Um, so it's got some really funky morphologies on it. I can actually show it to you. So um because these fish have um this electric signal that they're producing, what they also need to do is detect this electric signal. And so they actually have um these like sensory organs all over their body but especially on their face for detecting this so once their that organ detects this particular electric signal it feeds right into the brain mm-hmm. kind of like a nervous system with any of our senses right. right so these fish and you can actually see it on this 3d printed skull have these giant canals mm-hmm. running through the front of their face mm-hmm. and so this what you're seeing right here, so mouth right here, this is like the nose. Okay. This would be like if we had two giant bone canals right here right. with long, like, 
ligaments or like the, these and like some some canal like that has I'm not even thinking of the right word right now can't think of it but something that will provide a connection between that organ and the brain okay there's a word for it my brain's not thinking of it right now sorry about that no that's okay but they just have like such cool like such weird looking faces like that is- they do how how large are they oh this is blown up by like 50,000 so right. the fish themselves are like little guys <laughs> yeah like three four inches long do you have an example do you have another favorite one that i can pull up a picture so they can see what it looks like uh yes so you can look up the elephant nose fish um it should be a more myrid so it's got this cute little stubby chin that pokes out guys this is the one Um, we watched a video on electric fish on my last stream and this is the one i think that was in the video they're really common in the aquarium trade um, so you can actually buy them for as pets. Oh, interesting. Um, but they, they use that little tiny chin thing to like dig around in the sediment <laughs> and look for food. That's so neat. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. That's a good one that like people could actually find on the internet. Sorry, I went with one that was like. <laughs> no, that's I, okay. I, that was cool. I, yeah, so I, I use CT scanning for getting all of my skull data. Uh-huh. Um, and like I CT scan that one and pulled up the image like the 3d image of its skull and i was like <laughs> and i was in this lab where we could 3d print stuff and so i was like adam can we 3d print this and he was like yes blow it up big that's awesome that's so cool so. <laughs> um okay let's see got questions um loco asked how does or will climate change affect electric fish so they're they're not a they're not a conservation concern, which is not something that we get oh. often here. But um, yeah. do you know anything about yeah. the climate change in, in electric fish? So just kind of in general, climate change we think is going to have severe impacts on all freshwater ecosystems. So even if their numbers are doing okay today, that doesn't mean that they're going to be okay if you know world temperatures rise by a couple of degrees. Right. Um, they're definitely expecting that there's going to be a lot of evaporation of water if we have too much, you know, temperature rising happening across the world. Mm-hmm. So definitely we don't want to see, you know, the Amazon suffer too much. It's home to a whole lot of different organisms, including right. you know, fish, birds, insects, reptiles, like everything, like so many things. So many things live in the Amazon that we don't want to lose. Um, so we're definitely hoping for the best, but definitely temperatures rising could affect all of our freshwater ecosystems around the world. Okay. Thank you for that question. Yeah, we do. We end up talking about climate change on, on quite a few of these because yeah. it affects so many things. Um, bomb tipped $10 a while ago. X Red, thank you for the three months. We're at $858. Um, thank you guys so much <laughs> for the donations. Um Okay, there's so many questions. Maybe I'll ask one more question about electric fish, and then I want to move to the other part of our conversation, I think. Um, Chuck asks, do electric fish use more energy to do what they do, or is it like an alternator in a car battery? Um, So I think I said it before, but they don't really use too much extra energy, Mm -hmm. they found, um, in order to do this. The only exception to that really is 
the electric eel with its really big discharge if it's trying to shock something. Um, they've actually found that they kind of have to recharge a little bit before they can do it. So they have to kind of accumulate energy in order to produce that a big electric shock. Right. But um, for that background, trying to sense everything in their environment, they don't need too much extra energy. They've kind of evolved to just do it okay. regularly. Chuck, you were right. Sorry, yeah. I missed that. Um, and Bujito to $50. Bujito, thank you so much. Um, one last thing. Spoon asked, what is the biggest misconception when it comes to electric fish? Oh. Um... I feel like there are a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of like just one. Um, that they're rare, I guess. Um, there are actually about two, between 200 and 250 species of electric fish in South America and the same number of different species in Africa. So there are like almost 500 species of electric fish around the world. There's a lot of species. All right. Good. Yeah. Cool. Um... Thank you for those questions. Okay, um, so you guys can continue asking questions about electric fish if we if we get back to it. That that's awesome. Um, but one of the things what one of the things I said in the intro is one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on today is because I saw your account during Black Birders Week. Um, we've had we've had Karina Newsom on the podcast as well, and we talked about this a little bit. She's amazing. <laughs> She's like the best energy in the world. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. But. So one of the messages that she spread on, on the podcast was how important it is that science and, and biology and conservationism and everything is, is for everyone. And you think that that would be such a, such a clear and easy concept to understand, conservation being for everyone, because it affects everyone. Yeah. Um, but it's a shame that we you know, lose, lose brilliant minds because there's not enough representation um, in the field. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and why that's important to you? Most definitely. Um, so I grew up in Wisconsin, okay. um, so Midwest. It's pretty white. Uh -huh. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, it's a pretty white state in general. Um, and growing up, I was definitely one of the only people of color, um, but definitely one of the few black people in my neighborhood, in my school. Um, and then even when I went on to university, there were, is not a whole lot of representation um, at any of the universities that are up there. Um, I didn't have a black teacher until my junior year of college. Wow. I didn't have any black mentors really, other than, you know, the people in my family that I knew. Um, and I think having somebody who looked like me would have been a profound experience um, for kind of instilling an excitement about different career paths and especially about science. And so one of the things that I really want to work on and why I'm considering staying in academia after my PhD is because I want to be that inspiration mm -hmm. for somebody else. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so the number of Black faculty across the country is incredibly low, but especially in the natural sciences. Right. And so I want to be one of those voices, one of those faces that really says, no matter what you look like, no matter where you came from, whatever, you can do this. You can have this career if you want to. 
and just try to get people excited about science, about fish, about all of it. Yeah. And so what can what can we do? What can they do as viewers? And a lot of them are active on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff like yeah. that. Can you tell us about Black Birders Week and Black AF and STEM and the impact that those movements have had? Yeah. So um, one of the things that you can do, honestly, is amplify Black voices or at least people of color, all people of color need amplification um, at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And so one of the e immediate things that you can do to try to help promote that inclusivity and recognition and you know just seeing people of different backgrounds in these fields is to amplify them. Mm -hmm. um, black Birders Week was started through a group chat of a bunch of Black birders, naturalists, people like me who study fish, um, just a whole bunch of us had come together for a group chat. Um, Jason Ward was the one who originally started it. He yes, he was on OG the podcast well. <laughs> um, Amazing person. And you guys remember we Jason? saw an opportunity to, yeah, um, to kind of start a conversation and really just take over and just show there are Black people using these spaces. Mm -hmm. There are Black people in all of these fields. And let's promote them let's show them so that this young undergraduate in georgia can see oh my gosh there are like 15 black birders in the same city as me yeah. right now that i could reach out to through twitter and we could come up with like a birding trip or something like that and so it was really about getting our voices heard getting our faces seen and having people realize that we're out there, we're doing all of those things, but we do also need some help to make sure that it's safe for us to do all of those things. Right. And that was really another important conversation that happened because of Black Birders Week and yeah. is still continuing to happen now. Yeah. I have never, I don't know how I'm, this is going to make me sound dumb. <laughs> I haven't used Twitter for all that long. Do you follow hashtags on Twitter, you guys? Is that how it works? Or you can, can you just yeah. search? Okay, if you can follow hashtag <laughs> the, the Black Birders Week hashtag, I'm the way that I've followed it is I just like search it like, in the search engine yep. on Twitter and I just like look through all the posts. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, same with same with Black AF and STEM. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can follow those hashtags if you guys want to stay up to date with those. I've I've found um, quite a few awesome people um, through through those, and yeah. there's such a strong community like. Mm -hmm within that yeah. and I love that a lot of the science comm people that I follow on Twitter have been so so outwardly aggressively supportive um, yeah. of it which is oh, so cool amazing. to see yeah it's awesome so cool <laughs> sorry guys I, I didn't know that I don't spend that much time on Twitter it's more I don't know the other ones um, I, I really just started in grad school I had really no idea how it worked before that and I'm just now learning Instagram better than I did before. I've I was... been on Instagram for a while. Twitter's new. <laughs> um, you can do, you guys can do command guest also if you want to follow Cassandra on, on her Twitter, by the way. And then command org if you want to see where your money's going. Um, we're at $908, guys. We have a $1,000 goal. So thank you so much. Crowway tipped another $5 here. Thank you so Amazing. much. Um, Allison can you, said, can you ask my question? Which question? I can't keep track. Okay. Um, Viz did ask, after your PhD, what are your goals? That's a, that's a hard question. <laughs> so, yeah, it definitely is. Um, so I went actually from undergrad pretty much straight into my PhD. Okay. So 
you can get a master's in between, um, but in some programs, if you have research experience and kind of seem like you can handle it, you can apply and see if you can go straight into a PhD program. So that's what I did. Um, and a lot of times in order for me being in that situation to be competitive for like a professor's position um, at a university, I have to do something called a postdoc. So a postdoctoral position, mm-hmm. which is kind of like an intermediate thing. You're doing a little bit of teaching, you're doing a little bit of research, um, but you're still kind of supervised a little bit by a professor to get you on the right track and make sure that you're doing things right um, and that kind of thing. So immediately after finishing my PhD, which will hopefully be in the next year and a half or so, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to apply for and hopefully get a postdoc position, which will be about one to two years of that teaching and research kind of thing. And then from there, I am currently planning on applying for an academic position at more of a smaller university. So one that focuses on undergrads and maybe master's students. Um, I can get more of that like one-on-one really really get to know the undergrads and get them excited about science instead of having them just be a number at a big place. That's so cool. I love that. And that, that aligns so well with what you were just talking about earlier about, about being that person. Good for you. That's amazing. Um, there was a, Oh, um, okay. We got like 10 minutes left here. So I'll just ask a few more chat questions. Davey tipped $20. Davey, thank you so much. Um, (laughs) Bernie Forever asked, any good stories from the Amazon? People, customs, research, et cetera. Oh, goodness. So the Amazon is a crazy place. Um, I, wow. Um, I just have like, I have a lot of memories there. But I actually got my first sunburn while I was there. Really? Um, so, yeah. Wow. Um, darker skin it didn't really happen up in Wisconsin. Um, so, my lab mate and I went down to the Amazon for, like I said, 10 days, thereabouts. Um, and one of those days we went out for pretty much eight hours in like dead heat, yeah. middle of the day, hot, burning sun. And mm-hmm. we were in Iquitos, Peru, which is pretty, pretty close to the equator. <laughs> um, so we were like right there. Yeah. Um, burning sun all the way down. I was like being responsible. I put on sunscreen. I was wearing a fishing shirt that's got, you know, like SPF 15 in the shirt, wearing a hat, whole uh-huh. thing, right? I get home, home, I say, we got back to the hostel that we were staying in, mm-hmm. and I, like, take off all of my, like, my fishing shirt and everything, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I've never seen my skin that red before. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so luckily I was staying in a room in the hostel that had air conditioning because I am pretty sure I would have died if I was not in air conditioning that Jeez. night. Like I just like felt it burn and I'm like I'm like heating up like just like remembering it and thinking about it. Wow. And I had to like sleep on my stomach because my back was just red. And there was a line from like the shirt that I was wearing. Oh my gosh. I took a picture of it and I sent it to my mom. My mom is white. She's Caucasian. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm so sorry for all <laughs> the like crap that I gave you for complaining about sunburns before because 
now I get it. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> terrible. So, you know, aloe was supposed to be super helpful. Yeah. And like conversationally fluent in Spanish. I, I was doing all right. Um, but I had to go and get aloe so that I could lather my skin and not, you know, start bleeding or something. Um, but of course, I'm like in this podunk little town of people who know that I'm a gringo. And so I walk into the prescription place and I'm like, I don't know how to say aloe in Spanish. Right. Like, aloe? <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> either. Trying to figure out with that. And of course, it's like they charged me probably like quadruple what the actual price yeah. was because uh-huh. they're like, we can get you. And so I like walk away with like my, you know, $20 aloe thing. Like, yeah. This is like gold right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. First sunbird ever on the Amazon. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, field work is no joke, guys. Remember that? All the, all the conversations we have about that. I've yeah. multiple times. Like, the whole. What are you going to do? Um, We got a bunch of donations. And uh, while, while you were while we were talking, so Davey with $20, um, Mega with $226.31. And 31 cents. Um, what? Yeah, Funny Cat with $21, uh, Jay with $5, oh. Josh Williams with $25, Moyne with $20, and Zeke with $50, um, which brings us crazy? to, yeah, uh, $1,280.36. That almost oh got a spit God. take. We almost did. <laughs> that would have been a first. Um, that's amazing, you guys. Mega with the two hundred and twenty-six dollar wow. donation. That is massive. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh Thank my you gosh, so that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Um, Bernie, that was a really good question. Thank- I love, I love the stories of of field work and stuff like that. They're always so interesting. Um, okay, I'm trying to think of a couple. Viz asked, "Do you have a favorite interesting fact about electric fish?" Hmm. Um. I mean, I went through a lot of them, I feel like. Yeah, um, we talked about a lot. But, yeah, another quirky thing about their electric signal. So I did say that they are species specific. Mm-hmm. So each species is going to have a slightly different electric signal than any other species. But there are actually a few species out there that they have found sex-specific signaling. So oh, there's actually wow. even an even, like, a Slight, like even smaller difference, but still one that's like detectable between male versus female fish. How cool! And so that also kind of alludes to our interpretation that they can try to identify potential mates. What? Using this. What is the range of that signal? That kind of signal, or does it depend? Not, not that far. Okay. Um, probably about a foot. Okay. Give or take. It, so it's not like miles right. by any it, it's pretty pretty short okay awesome you guys thank you so much for all the questions um cassandra thank you for for coming on and for telling yeah. us so much about electric i know we were just like bombarding you with like well how does this work what does this no, mean i love, I love um, it <laughs> i bet you get that all the time it's such an interesting such an interesting thing to study yeah <laughs> um, so thank you for that and thank you for for chiming in on that part of the conversation we've we've had a few guests talk about yeah. that um in the past few podcasts just because of in in the light of everything that's been going on yeah. lately so i appreciate you you talking about that it's important everybody was super supportive in chat of that conversation thank you guys thank um, you so much you can follow cassandra by doing command guest you can follow her twitter 
Um, you can follow the hashtag Blackbirders Week, Black AF and STEM, um, stuff like that. And I appreciate you guys being here for that conversation. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we close up here? No, thank you so much for having me and of for course. all those who donated. This was so cool. And I'm yeah. so happy that we got that much money going towards the awesome, awesome group that's working on conservation. So and more rowdy with nineteen dollars and sixty four cents to round it out. So we're at thirteen hundred dollars, which is wow. lovely. Um, thank you so much. So I'll send that donation over right after the podcast, and then I'll send you some some stats from the stream too, so you can see the reach. Um, oh my gosh, stuff like that. So, so cool. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for all Thanks. the facts and stuff. All right, <laughs> I will talk to you soon then. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. I love how nice guests are. Oh no, Danny! Oh no. <laughs> Danny with $17.37. That's our really late question, but is there a difference in the depths weakly electric fish tend to live in compared to strongly electric? Ah. Uh... Danny, <laughs> I answer it. Here's what I know from the research I did from the podcast. <laughs> I hope she's not still watching. <laughs> Strongly electric fish, I think electric eels, electric catfish, and um, electric rays. All of those I see being in deeper water than the weekly, but... Do not take my word on that, and I am so sorry if that's incorrect. I, it may not be like a what they live in deeper water, the others don't. Like that's just me guessing. Young Rob, thank you for the six months. Um, Danny, thank you for the, your for your donation. I appreciate that. Um, okay, wonderful. Thank you guys for for the question. Allison, why? <laughs> thank you for the questions. That was really neat. I know that I know that this uh, this podcast wasn't. Uh, necessarily about conservation so much but again like i just thought it was a cool thing for us to learn about we are still raising money for a conservation cause which is what's important um for a really good cause i like this organization a lot after doing all the research on it um they do a really really good job so these donations are yeah they're awesome moin with a dollar 63 to round it out thank you so much um okay so, cool. Also, thank you guys for just like the wall of people cheers when we were talking about inclusivity and diversity and representation in the field. That was so wholesome and so nice. Um, I, I loved seeing that from you guys. It made me like emotional <laughs> looking at it. So thank you guys. That was, that was awesome. Um, I have seven questions written up. But I'm worried that I don't like them enough, or I don't like five. I'll make it work, but I'm just saying it might not be the best quiz we've ever had, but that's every week, so it's just another quiz, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, da -da 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 cool. Let me get this started. Moin! <laughs> to actually round it out, so $1,320, thank you so much. Perfect. Okay. Big donators today. Botox with $200. Mega with $230 almost. 
a bunch of $50 donos, $20 donos. Wajito with the 50, I think it was 50. Big donations today. Thank you guys. Okay. Sandra. Okay, I'm going to make the quiz to do the quiz. Okay, here's how it works. I almost said 20 questions. Five questions, 20 seconds per question. The quiz is based on the conversation that we had today. The way that you win the quiz is by getting the most correct, the fastest. So it is about speed, but you do have 20 seconds to answer each question. In order to win, you have to click enable access so that I know your username. If you don't enable access, then it'll just say contestant number, blah, blah, blah. And then even if you win, I won't know who you are. Manage access. Yeah, Viz just linked an image. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Um, that's the idea. If you win the quiz, if you're not a sub to my channel, I will gift you a sub to my channel. If you are, I will gift you a sub to a channel of your choice, or I will donate an additional $5 to um, Amazon Conservation Association. Funny cat videos and memes tipped $17 and devoted tipped a dollar and a cent. Thank you so much. Okay, so here's your, here's your thing for the quiz. Give me a, a minute to create the quiz. I'll be back, okay?
This is not the best quiz I've ever created. <laughs> but here we go, okay? Um, I will say, I, I don't know if it's ever not going to be difficult for me to write quiz questions while I'm having the conversation, while I'm reading chat. It is kind of a difficult task, I'm not going to lie to you, so, so bear with me, okay? Um, here we go. I'm sending the quiz to everybody. Five questions, 20 seconds a question. Moin tips $7.99 to even it out, $1,410. Moin, thank you for all of the donations today. I appreciate it. Make sure you click, make sure you manage access. Allow access so I can see your name, okay? Please. All right, here we go. Start game. What is the strongest electric fish? Is it the elephant nose fish? Is it Petrocephalus grandicolis? Is it the electric eel or is it the electric catfish? See a lot of easies? That was one of the easier ones. Nice flex on the spelling. I went in my history and I copy and pasted it, my dude. Devoted, thank you for the dollar. He said F U Moin. The correct answer is the electric eel. We got a scent in there. Okay. Who did that? 179 of you got that correct. Very good. Very good. <laughs> but who got it correct the fastest? Contestant number 844 got it the fastest. Contestant number 425 got it the second fastest. May I repeat? You need to click manage access, you need to enable access so that I know your name because this no longer matters. If you think that you were the person, if you think you did it that fast, check if you, check if you enabled access because you may be getting, uh, what's a not swear word for that? You may be getting gypped. Moin, thank you for the dollar ninety-nine. Okay, next question. Robbed. Maybe getting robbed, scammed. Okay, how many species of electric fish are there? Are there around 200? Are there around 2,000? Around 60 or around 500? In South America and in Africa. Exactly two. Well, cake, unfortunately, that's not the right answer. The correct answer is around 500 species. That was... Her um, her answer to the question, what's one of the biggest misconceptions about electric fish, and that a lot of people think that they're rare, but there are actually a lot of them, and they're actually doing really well. Um, so, around 500 is the correct answer. 115 of you got that right. Well done. Who's in the lead? Devoted. Really trying to start stuff. Aki. <laughs> All right, Aki did it. Cinny's in the lead, though. And then Chuck. And then Volistat. Next question. Cinny. Okay, what is unique about the electrical electric signals of electric fish? Is it that different species make... No, is it that they make different noises? Is that they're different colors? Is that they're species-specific? Or are they not specific at all and they're all, they're all, they're not unique, they're all the same? 
That's a terrible question. I'm so sorry. It was worded terribly. Um, the answers were bad. I'm sorry. The correct answer is that electric signals of different electric fish are species specific, and that's part of how it helps them communicate and it helps with mating. Um, 181 of you understood that enough to get it correct, so well done. The person who got that question, the fa I don't know how he does it. Chuck is in the lead! Chuck pulled ahead of Cinny. The questions get worse from here, I'm not gonna lie to you. Are you ready? Actually, not really. Here we go. Next question. Which is the only electric fish that can concentrate an electric shock? Is it the elephant nose fish? Is it the electric eel? Is it the electric ray? Or is it the zebra fish? Will was slow. Everybody else thinks it was easy. <laughs> Never mind, Cinny was slow. Max was also slow. Moin is not having it. The correct answer is the electric eel. We talked about the the example of the magnetic field. Um, all the other ones don't take much more energy to emit that electricity like around them in general, but the electric eel can concentrate it because they use it for hunting and for defense. Oh no. Sudnogab. Gabi? I think I read that wrong, I'm sorry. Is in the lead, and Chuck is still winning. Amazing. Last question, what is one of the best ways to support people of color in the natural sciences? Is it you don't do anything different? Should you just buy them ice cream? Should you amplify voices of, of people of color? Or should you just be mean to everybody else? The correct answer is to amplify voices of people of color, <laughs> um, whether on social media or in your everyday lives. Um, that's that's what Cassandra said that we can do to uh, make a difference. So 221 of you got that correct. Well done. Um, 35 of you said buy them ice cream. It would be a nice thing to do. That's um, fair. <laughs> if you want to come at me for that being a trick question, then that's fine. The final results, who did it? Chuck! Chuck! Good job. The person who got that though, that one won, that one though was Lemon Man 7991 Well done. Chuck, you won. Devoted, still going. He's devoted. To the sense. Alright, Chuck, what do you want? Five. Locke, would you- are you here, Locke? Could you add five to the bar? Perfect, thank you. Alright. Wonderful. 
I think that's it. Um, I think that's it for today. Uh, the quiz actually, it was worse in my head than, than in execution. That really wasn't that bad. Um, Moin evened it out. $1,422. Actually, it's going to be $1,427, I think. I don't think Locke's at it yet. Um, so I think we're good to go. Um, Henry is in my room. I think that I'm going to IRL, like, pretty much right now <laughs> because uh, I have to fly today. So um, I think I'm going to bring bring the hawks out today because um, I have to do it anyway. And I don't know. I feel like I might as well because I have stuff to talk about. Devoted uh, with the scent again. Um you're gonna fly like Superman? No. So I have I have two Broadwing Hawks in rehab right now, and um, I need to take them out for a training session today. So I figure I'll take you guys with me. Um, it'll be a relatively short stream. I have a call tonight at seven. So, Moin, they're still going. RP dash cam with one sixty nine. Um, huge donations today. One thousand four hundred thirty one dollars. Twitch one thousand four hundred thirty two dollars and sixty nine cents. Twitch is an untapped reservoir for doing good. Um, not just for conservation, um, but for there's so much positivity and so much learning that can come from this platform. And I'm so happy to be to be a part of it. It just it means it means a lot. Devoted with the the scent, of course. Um, we have like the best podcast guests ever that are so nice and they do obviously they do this for free. You know, like they just, they just want to, sh to teach people and like, they want to share, they want to share their research and they want to raise money for, for good things. Like you see how genuinely excited they get about raising money for the organizations that they've chosen and they feel so good about it. And they're just, they're such good people. Um, so I'm super glad to, to be able to give them a platform to talk to you guys because the research Charging that they- battery. Cause the research that they do is so cool. Also, and more people deserve to know about that. Um, Moin, thank you for the dollar thirty. Um, Dobbins, what? A, oh yeah, you texted. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was gonna say something else and I forgot. Um, oh, also, I I thank you guys all the time, but I want to thank you also for being so supportive of the podcast because I can't explain to you how cool it is to have so many connections um, in exotics and in conservation and in science comm because of this podcast. Um, Mel, thank you for the $5. And I obviously would not have the, have the connections if it wasn't for, for doing the podcast, you know? Wujito with 60, 1500. Melish with five. Thank you so much. Um, I obviously wouldn't have those connections if it weren't for the podcast. And it's so cool to me that like the other day when I was thinking about the snake stuff, Z's think for the 15 months that in my head, I was like, all right, who do I know that I can talk to about this, about this ethical dilemma? That's actually like a reliable resource that I, that I respect, that I care about the opinion of. And I, there was, there were so many people in my head because of the podcast that I got to talk to, including Dobbins. Um, and I talked to Dr. to Dr. Steen and none of that would have would have happened uh, without this platform. So 
Um, it just, it, it's so, it's so cool. And I, I love bringing that community together in front of you guys. And yeah, it's just really special. Um, creepy. Thank you for the dollar and the cent. So thank you so much. I'll talk to you more about the snake stuff. I'll talk to you about work. I had probably the craziest day at work. No, I I had the craziest day at work yesterday that I've ever had, um, there <laughs> thus far. So I have to talk to you guys about that. Um, I have more stuff to talk to you guys about. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna like sit and st <laughs> sit for a couple minutes um, and drink some water and whatever, and then I'm gonna load the birds up and I'm gonna go to uh, I'm gonna go to the field and um, yeah, and and we'll do an IRL, a relatively short one. Cool. So I'll see you guys in a few minutes. Let's see who is la 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 live. I mean, I'm only going to host them for, I'm not going to host them for very long. So let's give it to you, Rob. It's been a while. <laughs> Who is more fitting to, to give a host and then yoink it? <laughs> like, anyway, um, I love you, Rob. I'll see you guys in less than an hour, I think, for, for quick IRL and for updates and stuff. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your donations. Thank you for everything. Absolutely insane. The final amount, wait, is $1,515.57. I'm going to send it over right now. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Okay. I'll see you in a bit. Bye.